0: Keep the peace. Keep the peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Wag the Dog FM, your weekly public relations podcast. My name is Philip Boromans, I'm your host. And this week, we're going to talk about smartphone applications, not just any kind of smartphone applications, but those designed for emergency and crisis situations. Now, there are a couple of, of those kinds of applications out there, uh, but what What is uh, strange is that according to recent research by people from the University of Calgary, uh, most of those applications do not really provide what people actually need in a disaster. So I was intrigued, did a bit of research, and called up Malik Nas which is my guest for this week. She is the one who conducted the research with her team, of course. So the whole episode here is about smartphone applications for emergency and crisis situations. Hope you like. Keep the peace. Hi, Malik Nest and uh, welcome on uh, Wag the Dog. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No problem. It's good to have you on the show. I was intrigued by your uh, research report. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So could you give me a bit of a a background on how this came into play? Your research is around a specific incident and then of course the emergency application. So can you give us a bit of a background?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm a software engineer, PhD student in Canada at the University of Calgary, Shulika School of Engineering. And my research and PhD designation is basically on um, mobile app stores. Uh, and designing mobile apps for as a as, as type of software, so we know that mobile apps are different from software in general, and uh, we're trying to design better apps that that meets people needs. Uh, so, when talking about emergency situations, we know that the, there is a huge deficit uh, about um, how how the apps are performing, how they function, and if they and we had the question if this meets the people need or crowd need. Um, so Fort Mac fire was in Alberta, which is my, which, my, which I'm living in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And well, it has a huge, uh, impact on everybody's life because we were so, um, sad about our, our community and how we can help and so on. Uh, and when we are looking into tweets, uh, we understood that there is a, quite a lot of um, um, communication, and people ask for help, and they need some help. And I wondered if we can design apps to better help help the people who are who are who are kind of uh, suffered from this situation.
0: Okay, so just just a bit of context. So there was a, a huge wildfire in uh, Fort McMurray, Canada. It, that was in two, uh, thousand sixteen, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So and then, so what you did was looking at the amount of tweets that were sent around that topic. Was that the start of the research?
1: Exactly. So uh, tweet analysis is a known um, known method for managing uh, emergencies, and there is a huge research uh, on this topic. So uh, uh, my friend Mashid Marabouti, which is the co-author of the paper as well, she is doing research on managing tw- managing emergencies by tweet analysis. And talking with each other, we wanted to see if we can, if we can design a software actually to help, uh, to help people or general public in this situation.
0: Okay. And so based from there, you had then further developed a kind of method, which uh, I'm reading for your research paper. It's called Map Feet. So tell us a bit how that works.
1: Yeah. So, Mapfit is an automatic method for understanding uh, requirements uh, or needs of the people and transferring that into into software features. So, it's a requirement elicitation and design method um, in software engineering. Um, and what we do is that we we use uh, different sets of machine learning techniques. Um, and analyze the data in very simple words. Analyze uh-huh. the data, and then verify, and then map it into software features using all the apps in the App Store. So, for example, if I tell you I want to go from um, Calgary to Edmonton here in Alberta, um, and I want to have a like a like, I don't I don't want to, to pay quite a lot. I want to have some cheap ride. What should I do? You probably uh, suggest me to to use Uber or Lyft uh-huh. or somehow like like these applications. But in case of emergency, uh, people want to share a ride. They tweet that, "Yeah, I have a seat, and I'm going from Red Deer to um, to Edmonton, or I can take you here." Um, however, they cannot use Uber in that case because Uber is not functioning in this case. It is not designed for emergency situation, and uh, is not. Uh, and the twists are not fit. Um, are not like like. Mm, so the, the tweets are not integrated into tweet, into Uber. So Uber is a is a separate uh, separate service, and tweets are separating that people are saying, "Yeah, I'm in the bad situation. I need a ride, and please help me." So that was the idea. If I tell you, uh, let's let's design an app having a car sharing or ride sharing uh, feature. Uh, if you are familiar with Uber, you say yeah. But why not going for something like Uber, and then we put it in the app store, or in the in the in the app that we are designing for emergency. Uh, what we do with Mapfit is that we automate it because there are wide variety of requirements. So, for example, sharing a ride is just one example of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, there are wide variety of um, of requests, and can automatically. So, it's not a it's not a group of authorities sitting there stakeholders thinking that what should be the feature. We look into these tweets and saying that okay, we can automatically with machine learning we can we can map this into software features.
0: Okay, so so if if I just want to recap, so you're analyzing tweets based on a, uh, a true, uh, true emergency uh, around the wildfire. What you've seen is that in those amount of tweets, people are trying to help, are requesting help. But of course, when you look at the apps in the App Store... Uh, not all those features that people would need in an emergency situation are incorporated. So that is exactly what you're doing by analyzing data, finding out which features should be integrated in the, let's say, the, the, the best emergency app.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so what have you found out? Because I can imagine that, you know, we would like a lot of features or maybe just not too many in emergency situations. So what did you find out? What are people requesting or what did the machine learning, you know, Tell you.
1: Okay, so we analyzed seventy thousand tweets during the ForgeMag Mac Fire. So during the like the first week of wildfire here, people tweeted around seventy thousand times. Okay. Um, we analyzed these tweets, and we separate the so there are several spams and advertisements and so on. So mm-hmm. we took them out, um, and then we mapped them into software features. Uh, as the result, we find out 144 app features or software features that people that can help people in emergency situations. Among these 144, and then we ask people who were involved in this wildfire to rank these features. Mm-hmm. And then they say that how much a feature is essential, or is it is worthwhile, or it doesn't make sense to them, or they don't need it, or they haven't needed it, or something like that. So looking into this ranking... Um, considering the top ten features we mined and verified, none of these features exist in any of the emergency or wildfire apps right now. Looking into 40 features, only six of six of them is uh, in one of the currently existing apps for wildfire or emergency, which is a huge gap.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, having some experience with the uh, emergency applications through, through my volunteering work, um yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge gap. I mean, from 70,000 tweets going to 140 or 100 plus features, but then starting to compare and then seeing that not any of those applications, which are, in fact, crucial. I mean, they could be life saving and that is also their objective, uh, don't have the features that people, in fact, are requesting or at least are are waiting for, right?
1: Exactly, and among these apps that we analyze and compare with there is a Red Cross app, there is American Association of Firefighters app. So there are apps from big organizations that actually does does not need meet the needs of uh, general public.
0: Mm-hmm. And so t- tell me a bit more because yeah, now you have the analysis. So what are the top uh, the top features which you found out that should be in emergency applications?
1: Uh, so there is a there is a. Among them, probably we can point into um, tap, uh, uh, requesting ambulance on a tap, uh, directly um, reporting um, an incident to the police mm-hmm. uh, via the app, uh, seeing how much fire is um, is it, what is the distance of fire with them, where is the next grocery store store, um, what is the what is the traffic situation in the in the, in the area, the uh, the gas and fuel. Uh, situation resources in general like water and food um, emergency zone maps, um, real-time alerts mm-hmm. and there are many more right yeah
0: okay but so so it, it's what you found out is that people don't only want to get information but also give information right?
1: Exactly. So right now, the app that we design is uh, based on the tweets and we are uh, in the process of feeding uh, and then, okay, these features, for example, somebody wants to see what is the um, gas station lineup uh, lineups and then um, the other people are tweeting about it, filtering Mm -hmm. down and feeding this feature based on the tweets or based on social media or based on crowd feedback. That would be a value which we are in the process of doing it.
0: Okay, so it will be a mix so that the application will be fed by crowdsourced information, and of course, with analytics behind that. But also, I assume with input from official instances and emergency organizations, right?
1: Exactly. So the ideal case is that we design this app for a for a big organization or for authority, mm-hmm. and then uh, they have they manage the the information, however, they get the input from uh, from crowd. So that would be the most uh, secure way to. to to have this app
0: so how, how do you when when you're doing this research i mean what have you found out i mean uh, not not everyone is an, uh, is uh, analyzing uh, 70,000 tweets in a in just a span of a, of a week around a very specific incident are there things that you found out that you didn't really know or had known from previous research
1: uh, well the research uh, per se is, um, is is thinking is um, focusing on the you know, software and technology and how this is different. Um, so the, the, the understanding of stakeholders or authorities is different from people. And this is a, this is a very known, well-known, mm-hmm. very, very well-known, uh, problem in this software engineering, uh, which we can prove in the case of emergency, the gap is very huge, mm-hmm. um, saying that, so authorities, they think that they know what people want. And people even think that they know what they want. Mm-hmm. However, when we are looking into the evidence, like tweets, uh, saying that what people really, really requested is different from what authorities think based on experience that people need, even different from what people think that they will need in this, in this situation. So uh, this was the uh, this was the, the understanding that uh, we found uh, apart from the main results. And uh, this showed us that uh, we need to be very more very careful about different societies different geographies uh, different types of incidents for example a man made attack the the features you need is definitely different from voice fire situation however there are many commonalities between that so and we are in the process
0: yeah. no go ahead sorry. go ahead sorry
1: so we are in the process of comparing different incidents in different geographies and uh, trying to understand the societies better to see what we can uh, what we can learn from commonalities and differences between general public needs.
0: So looking at different situations, emergency or crisis situations, wildfire uh, attacks, um, flooding, I mean, would that mean that you could incorporate different scenarios in one application or is that still too early to say?
1: we can potentially we definitely can um, the fact that if we should do this or not uh, is another story mm-hmm. um, I personally or my my team here my supervisors um, and my co-authors they think that uh, we all believe that having one wide, one emergency app as a core app installed on the soft on a, on the cell phones of the people is making more sense. Mm-hmm. however it should be more modular so if uh, here for example in Calgary there's flooding there is wildfire, uh, and we cannot ask them to install one app per per incident, right? Sure. Um So so having one emergency app here, and then uh, having different modules. For example, if the situation is wildfire, then there are specific features in the app available. And if the situation is flooding, there is another one. And if it is an attack at the at the university, then there's another there are another features adding to this yeah. this app. So. <laughs>
0: So that would be a modular approach depending on the emergency in, uh, in that case?
1: Yes, definitely. Knowing that there are similarities between emergency situations and differences, of course.
0: Okay. So um, let's focus a bit on communication. So most of my audience are, are people in uh, communications, public relations. Some of them do work in emergency communication or risk communication, but from the purely communication point of view, meaning you know transferring information or getting in touch with people, uh, helping them through information, how, how strongly is that a, a requested feature in an application by people? It's not just about getting data, right? Or is it Or is it?
1: Uh, It is not about getting data, definitely. Uh, when we are analyzing social media, there is a problem in, um, in in the quality of the data. So there are many spams, many on. Un- so the data is not all the time good. Some people are making um, making spam- uh, spams or on. You know, the data. For example, they are reporting something which is false, um, and there is no one hundred percent guarantees guaranteed way to understand this and block this information. Mm-hmm. So definitely the the communication here should be. Too two-sided. There should be some authorities whom they verify the information if we are going to have this app as a real-time um, real time communication system. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I believe that right now in many situations, many um, wildfires, at least as we are analyzing currently in Canada, uh, the communication is one-sided. There are authorities whom they report something to people. There are are news agencies uh, or um, uh, different organizations that they are reporting a specific update or alert or pushing that uh, to the, to the general public and pushing the information mm-hmm. and then there are communities between people whom they are trying to to help and it's unofficial so they're trying to help each other they say that okay that's a store or that grocery store they have the they have water or they have food or that uh, that gas station there is uh, there is no lineup and mm-hmm. then the road is open there. And the data is more real time, which is usually the authorities it takes time for them to to push the information yeah. and update the people. So this is an opportunity, definitely. And of course, there are some traits that we need to um, mitigate them, like the, the, the unqualified information. Uh, but making this one side um, one side information and communication into two sides that using different machine learning techniques is very promising. Because right now, data science, all these big data analytics, um, these, these are all opportunities which help us to understand the general public better better and use their power. It's the swarm intelligence or crowd intelligence.
0: Yeah, I I think that is, again, we've been talking a lot in our industry about the impact that big data and analysis uh, has. This is a perfect Mm -hmm. example uh, from one hand to do research about it, but also to integrate it into emergency applications and then in a broader scope in in crisis communications, as we call it. Um, uh, Another thing based on on what you've researched, so... um, How do you see the role, and and maybe you haven't thought about it, although I've heard you say, you know, official instances or maybe the private sector. How do you see companies, for instance, using this in their general preparedness uh, about crisis comms or crisis preparedness? I can imagine that a a large company in a a risk industry, for instance, should be looking at that kind of of application, right?
1: Exactly. So... Uh, we had quite a lot of attention from industry, but uh, the follow up on that is not very, uh, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, insurance companies um, they are very interested in this research because they want to react fast. For example, for claims and other uh, stuff. Um, the the emergency app designers, uh, the ones which try to have like more uh, hazard awareness. They are very interested in this research, uh, but I want to emphasize that even a financial institute can benefit from this this research because uh, whomever whomever is concerned with uh, communi- communicating uh, with their users on time and listening to them and providing a software that facilitate their um, their uh, the, their customers' life, uh, they can benefit from this research because what we basically is doing is that we get any type of. Um, data as the input uh, which comes from the users or customers Um, and then we map this into software products saying that these software products potentially can help the um, your customers or your users Mm -hmm. and then this is a channel for informing your users or communicating with them
0: okay so i if i understand well what you're saying this happened based on a case study with a wildfire, which is an emergency situation, but, but the structure that you now have, the methodology and the approach, uh, you know, get, can be used in different situations and also non-emergency situations.
1: Exactly. So it is evidence-based software engineering, and the evidence is the data coming from customers in any way, either Twitter, Facebook, call center communications, or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Evidence-based yes. software engineering. That is um, that's how it should be. Now, of course, with with a framework like that, there are a lot of opportunities for communications people and and, and organizations that we work for to to use this. How far are you in the research what are the next steps?
1: Um we are, we are having a very big team here with my supervisor Dr. um in Canada and we are very open to collaborations with uh, for um, I mean we can customize a product we can develop an app we can uh, just analyze the data we have a wide wide research here and we are in the process of com- collaboration with different companies and organizations but we are also looking for for more. Uh, we would, uh, I mean, we see the, the pleasure of working with the industry and with mm-hmm. real stakeholders uh, because it helps us to learn from, uh, from the industry. We are basically researchers and we would love to collaborate, uh, and I want to use this opportunity to ask all your audience if they are interested in this research. They definitely reach us, to, uh, reach us uh, and talk with us, and we will hopefully find a way to, to work together.
0: Oh, we'll, we'll definitely put your, uh, you know, uh, different links so that people can get in touch with with your team, because I think mm-hmm. it is interesting. I mean, my interest came from the, the emergency or crisis com side. But now I see that, of course, you have a, a system in place which has different applications. One, one, one question, though, um, you know, I mean... Uh, w- w- English is not your mother tongue, it isn't mine. So how how about languages? How about, you know, different languages being used in emergency situations? How does your system adapt to that?
1: Uh, well, the different machine learning techniques, uh, they're independent from the language and they, we can train them with different languages. Uh, definitely, we need um, we need to so we need to basically say that what information is informative and what is not informative. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, that is possible in our group. We have different um, different tra- translation um, people that they can help us and translators. Uh, and I'm sure that we will find a way if that would be the case.
0: Okay, yeah, because most of the time, I mean, when we see applications or at, at least examples, they're mainly uh, based on English-speaking. Uh, an English-speaking public, and then we sometimes forget that not the whole world is speaking English. But uh, yeah, uh, and uh, 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 I think a question that everybody wants to know: what is the top one feature that people are expecting in a, in an emergency application?
1: Um, food and water requests and resources.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is that is yeah yeah we 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 could we we could have thought that you know based on social psychology we could have known that but again it's (laughs) it's not featured in many applications that is true yeah yeah the basics first right so
1: yeah looking backward everything seems uh, obvious right Uh, but but the fact is that the apps are not designed that well and of course there is a
0: huge room to improve. Okay, so uh, this is still ongoing your research, or is it like a, a project that never finishes? How how does that work from your end?
1: Uh, actually, it is a project that ne- that never finishes, so that's that's why we are trying to partner with different industry sections mm-hmm. or different customers uh, and trying to channel this more toward the specific needs. Otherwise, you know, research is never ending. So, and this is the case, of course, in this in this situation as well.
0: Okay, well, great stuff. Thank you for these insights and and for the research. I think this opens up a lot of potential, both for industry and and government, of course, but in the context of crisis communications or emergency uh, management. And we all know that we're going to a uh, a smartphone first or a a small screen first world. So uh, apps are are definitely uh, uh, becoming very important in that area. So, Malik Nas, thank you very much for your time, for being on the show.
1: Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And Shokran uh, Bezev, and I hope that uh, we'll meet again in the near future and talk a bit more about uh, what is next for these uh, these mobile apps.
1: Hopefully, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Keep the peace. So there you go. A whole new uh, framework and a solution. In fact, to really look at what users need when developing mobile applications, which is, of course, crucial for this specific type of applications for crisis and emergency situations. If you are uh, interested in a topic, you want to know more, uh, I also arranged Malik Nas to be on a webinar. It's, of course, a free webinar. It will take place on the 26th of October, 5 p.m. West time. So that is Brussels time, probably. Yes, it's Brussels time. It is uh, hosted in the context of my role at the uh, European Association of Communication Directors. So it's free. It's open to all. Uh, Don't hesitate. You will find the link to the webinar to register in the show notes at www.wagthedog.fm. Again, check out the show notes. There's a bit more information in there, the link to the webinar uh, with my likeness. And um, I hope to hear you next time, so next week, where we cover a totally different topic. But you'll keep see that peace. when it's online. Until then, keep the peace. Do the right thing.